open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would. You can see we're beginning at Luke chapter 2, familiar passage. Luke chapter 2. Continuing our series, Pictures of Christmas. Went off the idea of all the Christmas cards I've seen, what are the general ideas that the pictures have. There's the, the crazy ones, of course, but then there's that whole group of cards that show the Christ child at birth. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. You can see on screen we're talking about warmth in the cold. And you can imagine the picture of the stable, Jesus in the desert night. We're going to talk about that today. While you're turning to that passage, a reminder to keep Lyle Hornaday in your prayer. You know that Lita passed a couple of days ago, so we'll keep her in her prayers. No word on services yet, but that's to come. But be in prayer for him this year. Also, uh, many of you have received word about Right Now Media. That's something that you have in your hands that came out with a bulletin. Right Now Media is nothing more, nothing less than a video library. It's online of Bible studies, Christian videos. It's a source I've used. A lot of the videos that I use for my sermons come from Right Now Media. And so some of you will get an email from Right Now Media. They're not asking for money. We've already paid that, so the church has paid that. And I do that just because I use the videos so much. But you will be able to go on there, and you can share that with your friends or family members. If you have kids or grandkids with children, there are a lot of great music videos and just videos that kids can be entertained with, veggie tales, like those kinds of things. Lots of good videos about a variety of subjects. There are tens of thousands of videos. You can use those. Some of them are very specific. Other of those are just general Bible study things. But they're free for your use, and you can use them in class. Or you can use them at home or with your grandkids. If someday your grandkids are there or your great-grandkids and are driving you nuts, you can go to these web websites online and on an iPad or your phone. You can watch them. And so I would encourage you to make yourself uh, aware of that resource. That's Right Now Media. And again, uh, if you go to the website, you use your QR code with your phone or something else, you go on there, you'll need to be, log in just to let know who you are. You're from First Baptist Church Independence, and you will not be asked for any money. You will not have to give any private information, no credit card number, anything like that. They won't ask for your social security number or anything like that. So uh, use it as you want, all right? Luke chapter 2. Warmth in the cold. As always, we pray. One of the images we've seen in the last few weeks is of people struggling. Even in the desert, in the evenings, it is cold. And people without lodging and homes suffer. So keep that image in mind today as we pray. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your presence, for your gift of life and hope and light. We thank you, Father, for this life that we have in Jesus, for the hope he brings, the promise of salvation, the comfort of your spirit, the hope that you will work with us to guide us and direct us and even bless us. Thank you for all these things, Father. This Advent season helps us to keep that in our hearts and minds. Help us to make an effort to be light and hope for other people. All around us, people struggle. 
there are times when we can help. Help us to be willing to do that, to inconvenience ourselves that we might help others. Give us generous hearts to share the wealth you've given us. We pray this morning that you would teach us from your word. Help us to look from Jesus' experience and see how you can work. We pray that you would be able to work within our lives and draw us closer to you. We pray for those in our community who struggle. Give them hope. Comfort those that have lost loved ones. We think of Lyle. We pray, Father, you would be with our first responders and their families, doctors, EMTs, soldiers, officers. Protect them wherever they serve. We ask that you would be with them and give them gentle spirits. We pray that they could respond in a way to bring peace and save lives and bring peace. Protect them, Father, as they serve. We pray, Father, for leaders of nations, Palestine, Israel, Ukraine, Russia, United States, so many great powers, so many used for evil intent. We pray for mercy and forgiveness, Father. We ask you would cleanse us of our sin. We ask that you would help us to be peacemakers. We ask for guidance and wisdom for those who have power over us, for those elected leaders and others. Help them to do what they can to bring peace and justice. Father, be with us now as we study your word together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I joined Boy Scouts a long time ago. My dad wasn't for it, but he wasn't against it either. So he said, fine, whatever. I think he was just glad to get me out of the house. And so, I joined in December. And you know what Boy Scouts do? They go on campouts. They go on campouts in December. Now, the leaders said there's a possibility it's going to be cold when I go in this campout. So you need to dress accordingly. Well, I was 11. So it wasn't very bright. So dressing accordingly meant put on a jacket and bring some gloves and go down to the coast to coast, a local hardware store, and buy the cheapest sleeping bag you can find. For me, that was $11 because that's all I had. Now, you're thinking, I bet $11 doesn't buy a very good sleeping bag. And you're right. It was tough, had good snaps and a pretty design, but it wasn't very cold. Now, I tested it. In my bedroom, I rolled it out and slept in it one night, and it was pretty toasty there in my bedroom. So I thought, it'll work. And so my extra clothing was, well, what I could carry, nothing. I took a lot of food, because you know, you never know how many candy bars you need on a camp out. Nighttime came, and it was cold. It was a two-nighter, and I didn't realize what that meant. I'd never been away from mom and dad for two nights in a row. The first night was frigid. I froze to death, thought I was going to die. You can shiver like this uncontrollably in the dark. And I did. My feet were miserable. Have you ever tried to sleep with cold feet when you shiver? Miserable. My $11 sleeping bag wasn't worth much. So the next day I told my friends and my leader, you know, I'm, I'm dying here in, in, in a way that an 11 or 12 year old kid can talk. 
And they said, well, this is what you need to do. So I grabbed up some blankets from my friends. They brought some extras. And then I took my pillowcase and I put rocks in the fire and I heated those rocks all day long. And just before I went to bed, I took those hot rocks, rolled them in a ball in my sleeping bag and put them at the feet. And I slept. I was cold-er, but I wasn't as cold as I was. My feet were warm for about an hour, and then those rocks got cold again. But at least I got a little bit of sleep. And thus began a saga of being miserable on campouts. Funny thing with Boy Scouts, they give you coos, those little beads. And you get different colored beads. And I know you don't care, but it's a good story. And they give you different colored beads. White beads were for snow. Clear beads were for below zero weather. That first camp out, I got clear, black, and white beads. Which, not even was it cold and freezing, it rained and snowed. It was miserable. And I learned my lesson about being cold. I bought a better camp, uh, sleeping bag. And I learned to dress accordingly. So when those leaders talked about dressing accordingly, they would always look at me and give me this look like, you get it, dummy? And I got it. Because being cold and miserable at night is miserable. Strange the way it is, when we're hot, we'll be alright. We can just relax under a tree and cool off. For the most part, unless it's extreme, we'll be alright. But when we're cold, it's just miserable. We tell this story of the advent of Jesus, Jesus' birth. And we had this understanding... That it was night in the desert. Now, it wasn't cold and frigid and freezing, but it was cold, 50-ish. Not much to wear, no expensive clothing. They didn't stop at the sporting goods store before the trip and all those things. It was cold. Follow along with me if you would, Luke chapter 2. Now it came about in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth this was the first census taken while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all were proceeding to register for the census, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And it came about that while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know the story. On screen you can see this first idea. It's something you already know. This world can be pretty lonely. Whether it's a couple having their first child at night in a strange city or a dumb kid on his first cold camp out. It can be cold. Strangely enough, when you feel alone, you often feel cold. It's an emotional state of mind. When people are cold and lonely, they can be cold and lonely in a hundred degree heat, can't they? Because we understand what it means to be cold and uncomfortable and, and something's just wrong. Strangely enough, in hospital rooms, people talk about being cold. In waiting rooms, you'll see people cover up. They're cold. Not really. I mean, it's 75 degrees in there. But you'll see people keep their coats on in a hospital. There's something about 
suffering and fear and about being alone that makes us think of cold. It's the way our world is, isn't it? Over the last few weeks, we've watched with horror scenes of Israel and, and Jerusalem and Gaza and all those places. And it's miserable. It's hot. But they talk about how cold it is at night. Again, just desert weather, 50 degrees. But they're uncovered. The cold is just a function of temperatures, but still there's something emotional about being cold. Cold and alone. Cold and away from home. Mary was away from home for the first time. Joseph was there with his new bride. They weren't married yet. There was already scandal. She was pregnant. Not from him. He knew the story. The angels had appeared to he and Mary both. They knew the story. In small towns, people talk. Everybody else knew the story. And you know what they said, don't you? Virgin birth, uh-huh. People are people, and they talk. So there wasn't this welcoming committee for this young couple that needed help. They were shunned. The inn was full, but there wasn't any effort to help. It's cold. And they were alone. Strangely enough, this was Joseph's hometown. Sometimes, and I read this this week, that scholars fussed about whether Mary was actually alone because this was Joseph's hometown. He had family there probably. We don't know who, but more than likely he was related to someone in that town. And they were still alone. There's a reason for that. That virgin birth story just didn't fly. And what in the world was Joseph doing with her? And they were alone. So on top of that cold of the desert night, they were isolated. Midwives were the norm, but not for this couple. They were alone and cold. Joseph was an older guy. We don't know, 30s, 40s. We're not sure. But Mary was just a little girl, 14, scholars say. Not very big. Hasn't been around much. And then God worked. And the pictures on the Christmas cards are all the same. A mama and her baby wrapped in clothing. Joseph probably building a small fire. The animals snuggled in. I understand that animals snuggling in thing because animals are nosy. They're noisy and they're nosy and at night they push in on you. Every night I go it up to put my goats up and they push on me. And that means physically they're, they're after me. And they climb on me, not just because I got food, they're just dumb animals, you know, and that's just what they do. And we have chairs down there and Tam and I sometimes will sit and those animals, they just get in your business and they're right here. And it doesn't matter whether you want or not, they're just there. So the pictures on the card is right, Joseph and Mary, small fire, animals pushing in. Yeah. 
it's not just history, is it? it? I think it's a parable. Think about this. A parable is a story. Sometimes it can be history, sometimes not. But it's a story that teaches us something greater. The story is that a couple that had found themselves in miserable circumstances found peace and warmth on a cold night because of what God had done. Expand that out to your life. Have you ever felt God's presence? Have you ever felt him embrace you? I remember reading a story about a man who was a pastor in communist Russia during one of the sieges. He was arrested. He spent years in prison. And he said one night, he was particularly cold. He'd been beaten and starving and he was miserable. He'd been in prison for a long time. And he, he said he just prayed the same prayer he'd prayed every night for God's peace and presence. And he said for some reason, one night, he felt, and he said it, he felt the arms of God gather around and hold him. He said that night, he was warm. Maybe that's the sort of thing that was going on in this stable. You know, we find ourselves in situations for all sorts of reasons on screen are some of the things that we find us with. Situations and events. Sometimes there are accidents. You know that. Sometimes you get yourselves in messes. Sometimes somebody else brings you into their mess. And we're cold and alone and suffering. Sometimes no fault of our own. Other times it's our own doing, isn't it? You know, we have goofy beliefs or practices or old habits and we hurt ourselves and we, we bring loneliness onto ourselves because of the way we are. Some people, when they're suffering, surround themselves with others. Some of us, we isolate ourselves and it's easy to be cold and alone. You see, the fact that you are like that is well, that's, it's you, isn't it? And sometimes you find yourselves feeling alone, even in a group. You've done it probably. All of us have probably felt isolated and alone, surrounded by people for whatever reason. Sometimes it's real, sometimes it's imagined. But it's easy to be lonely, isn't it? No matter what. What we need to remember from this story is that God can work in the most unlikely of situations to bring comfort and warmth and his presence. Sometimes it's miraculous. Sometimes it's from other people. But if God could bring peace and comfort and warmth to a very young couple in a strange town, maybe God can do something with us. Maybe there's a message we can share with others. You see, God can provide warmth and comfort in a cold world. We don't know how long they were in Bethlehem. It was several weeks probably. Things changed. You know the rest of the story. They had visitors, shepherds, wise men. And there began to be some buzz around there. People, they didn't know who Jesus was. But they knew that the shepherds said something about a star leading them. And then the wise men, well, they followed another star. And people talk. The governor talked. And there was fear. 
They finally had to get out of town. But there for a while, God was working and that couple began to feel a sense of acceptance where they were. God works. Paul said one time that the peace of God passes all understanding, which means it comes when you don't expect it. It comes for no reason. It comes because God gives it. Sometimes it comes as a result of your prayers. Sometimes it comes simply because God chooses this time for you to sense his presence. You can't control it or manipulate it. You can't necessarily write a check to a church and get it. But a response of faith tends to draw God in and God begins to work. On screen are some of the things that come when God begins to work. Things that we can understand. We can go to that next screen, please. Read that passage with me. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God loves you no matter what a stinker you are, no matter what you've said or what you did, God still loves you. You may isolate yourselves because of your actions or because of your words or you just may end up isolated for some reason. God still loves you and God still loves your neighbor who may feel isolated and alone. In Christmas, we are particularly aware of other people's situations as well we should always be. But you have neighbors who are alone. You have friends who are alone. Sometimes literally they've got no one. Sometimes they're just very difficult people. Maybe this unfailing love of God is something they need to hear about. That doesn't mean you necessarily like people or take them to raise, but it means you reach out to them and love them. And you tell them, you know, God loves you. And that doesn't always make sense to people, but once in a while it will. People think about that if you're serious. God loves people. Sometimes the way God loves is by bringing people close to us who love us. So, with my earlier understanding, if one of your neighbors is alone, God can use you to love them. Invite them over for family, take them a plate of food, something like that. Maybe a Christmas gift. Do that to someone who's alone. They will appreciate it. They may not say it much. See, God uses us to love others. Sometimes people literally feel God's embrace, like the man in prison I talked about. Sometimes God's embrace comes in the form of you. Hugging and bringing gifts, saying you care. One other thing on screen, this speak, the word of our Lord abides forever, means Scripture teaches us that God loves us forever. Scripture teaches us that God forgives us through Jesus. Scripture teaches us that God loves even the unlovable. Scripture teaches us that God forgives the unforgivable. Scripture teaches us that God loves people who are hard to love. And Scripture teaches us that he wants us 
to love people. Those people. Those are unchanging truths. There are all sorts of things in Scripture that never change. Those kinds of truths are there forever. Every Christmas, they are relevant and true. Every Christmas, every Easter, every Wednesday, just every day, God's eternal word is always true. And so whenever you think of something that Scripture teaches, it's true. It was true a thousand years ago, and it's true today. God loves Jews and Palestinians. That was true a thousand years ago. It's true today. God loves Ukrainians and Russians. God loves Americans and Chinese. You know, we, we handily divide the world up into groups. Well, we like these people, but we don't like these people. These are our allies. These are our enemies. God says, you love them all. Resist that tendency to divide people into groups. God's people do that too. They were just as guilty as anyone. We divide them into allies and enemies. We divide them into those kinds of people. Mary and Joseph were alienated because they were those kinds of people. She was an outsider. Someone who got herself in trouble. That's how they talked. And you know what I mean. And Joseph was a fool because he took her under with him. Took her under his wing. He was going to marry that girl. And so they were alone. But God began to work and to that couple brought life and joy. And again, that's the parable, isn't it? That God works regardless of the situation. And if you're open, and if you open your heart and mind to Christ, not only can he bring you comfort, but he can impress upon you the need to give that comfort to others. To a neighbor who's alone. To someone who's lost a loved one. Maybe to someone who's kind of difficult. It's okay. Love them. Be the love of God to those people. So, we will celebrate Christmas this year, as we always do. Gifts, food, all those good things. Most of us are going to have a really great Christmas. Just because of where we are and what we've done in this culture. But pray that God can help you be aware of those that are struggling. Because there are those out there that are struggling and alone and suffering. Ask God, God, how can I be God's love to others? And the pesky thing about God is if you ask him, he will generally show you. And he will bring to your mind somebody or he will help you to notice someone you haven't noticed or he will burden you with that image. And then you know what to do. Nate's going to come and lead us in a closing hymn of invitation. This picture of Christmas is that of God loving us even when we're cold and alone. Let him love you. And then allow him to use you to love others. Would you stand with me as Nate leads us? Nate? Come now, long expected Jesus, born to send thy people.
free from our fears and sins release us let us find our rest in thee Israel strength and consolation hope of all the earth thou art dear desire of every nation joy of every longing heart Dave, won't you come and lead us in prayer? Christmas is coming, hope you're ready. Remember, Christmas Eve services next week. Pray, pray with me, please. God, we're so grateful for your word. And we thank you for the words that we heard today. Help us to look for opportunities to share the joy and love that you've given us with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.